Hello and welcome to School Growth Mastery, produced by Enroll Hand, where we help schools, preschools, colleges and universities find their voice, connect with their ideal parents and grow their enrollment. We will bring on a diverse list of guests from school heads, admissions officers, marketing experts, parents and more, each with a unique insight into how you should grow your school in this changing landscape. Thank you for listening. In this episode, I'm joined by the famous Brandon Schneider, Director of Advancement at Sewickley Academy in Pittsburgh and founder of Schneider B Media. If there is someone in the school world that understands marketing, it is Brandon. Listen to his talk about using inquiry magnets on your school landing page, how the internet has changed the way parents start relationships with your school, what stealth applicants are, what to do about them, and much more. Also, check out the show notes in this episode for some links to Schneider B, an amazing resource for school marketing, Brandon's new course on inquiry magnets, as well as Brandon's bustling Facebook group. Without further ado, here's Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Andrew. I'm happy to be here. So the first thing I, I wanted to ask you about is your homepage at SchneiderB.com. The first thing you see when you get to your page is free, big letters, Social Media Marketing School Report 2018. Why do you choose to start with that? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you picked that up. It's really, there's two reasons. One is that it's, um, it's a marketer me being a marketer on my site, which we'll talk about. And then the other is to share the content in the report. So um, if I back up a little bit, uh, the report was a really a joint venture with uh, my friends in Australia who own a firm called Image7. And we created the report because we were trying to help schools get data that they could use to compare their social media marketing efforts. Um, and then once we got the data, we use that as something I call for schools an inquiry magnet. Um, you know, you might hear in a business term, a lead magnet. But the idea is that that's on the homepage. It's the first thing you see. Um, I'm going to give you the report for your email address uh, to get a lead or to grow my email list. Whereas for schools, I say you do that to help increase your inquiries. So I'm, I'm just it's a bit of eating my own dog food, doing what I say that you should do. That's clear. And that's why I asked about that. So why is that the best way? Uh, so why do you say and why do you practice that? I mean, why is this the best way to start a web page using an inquiry magnet or a lead magnet if, if, you know, in other industries? Yeah, that's a huge question. Um, what's the best way to jump in here? I would say it goes back to who am I trying to attract? So it goes back to the persona and I'm trying to, at Schneider B, help school marketers in any number of different ways. And um, data is an area that I still struggle in. Um, I struggle with taking time to look at it, taking time to evaluate it, um, sometimes looking at it and going, what am I seeing? And then ultimately, where do my efforts fit in with the larger picture? Um, so if this report can help solve that, which I think it helps, it's a, again, it's just a, a jump in, then it will be attractive to my persona, the person I'm trying to attract. And then what I want to do, which is, uh, again, take an anonymous visitor to my website 
and convert them into a known entity or a prospect uh, or prospective family if I'm talking about a school. And the way to do that easily is through an email address. So that's that's the idea. Yeah. And is there, I mean, th there is also the, the concept of reciprocity to one extent. So you're, you're helping them out by giving them this, right? Yeah, that's the hope. And then, you know, the other, I think where you're going and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it helps to build, you know, it's the whole no like, and trust yeah. so that they, they've heard of my name and, and that I've helped them and they feel good about it. And they're going to come back for more content which is the same thing for a school that, um, you know, as a school, you've helped that family. So they're going to feel really good about your school, feel better about your school, start to get to know your school, and then hopefully want to learn more. So it, it's very similar. So what do you propose using as this type of, you know, it's like a carrot, uh, uh, yeah. you know, inquiry magnet, basically. You, you attract the right people, you attract the right persona that you've defined and that's kind of a whole new a whole other topic which we won't get into here yeah so they give you your your email address what is the best thing to use i mean you've chosen a report for your audience how about a school what should they use for their audience as an inquiry matter to attract the right type of parents yeah i mean the really crappy answer is it depends uh, although again we could go down the path of personas but we won't that's another episode but um So here's where it depends. Well, you, you can touch upon it if you, if you want. I mean, if it helps your answer, we just won't you know, go through the whole. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's, so here's in a nutshell. I need to, or as a school, you need to identify who you're trying to attract. Then you're trying to identify um, what are their pain points? What are their problems? How do I solve those problems? And, you know, what I teach and what I recommend is that that inquiry magnet solves that problem. Um, And so that could be many different things in terms of content. But what I think is most important is that that content is a quick win. It shouldn't be this huge. And I think a couple of years ago, people were like 30 page eBooks or, you know, this long, these videos and all this other stuff. It should be short. You know, you don't have time to create it as a school. Um, the prospective family doesn't have time to read it. Everybody's busy. You're trying to attract parents with kids. They're busy. So short, quick win, consumable, help them out. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It should be something that they could actually get value out of in a couple of hours, say a day tops. They read it. They can actually put it into practice. It might be, you know, a tip uh, on parenting, a tip on choosing a school. I mean, you guys had something about uh, choosing a school on, on your on your website, right? We, we do... We do. We've got um, three inquiry, lead magnets, inquiry magnets now, and we're getting ready to launch a fourth. And um, the first one, the one I think most people know is the 27 questions to help you evaluate a school for your child, which is a certain it's a mouthful, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's still successful today. It's still helping people today. The short one we have is um, And I don't remember the exact title, but it's a checklist, uh, 13 things to look for in a pre-kindergarten. And again, that idea is that we're trying to attract, like most independent schools, um, families into early childhood, lower school, you know, the beginning of that pipeline of students. And, you know, again, going back to the persona where a lot of our families are first generation independent school families. So they don't know about us. Um, they also are too you know, both parents work 
because we need their tuition to or need their money to afford our tuition. Um, they value education, of course, but they don't have the time to do this. I also think there's a bit of guilt in there um, and they know there's a big decision. So yeah. that's where this 13 uh, things to look for checklist. I think it's a one page PDF, maybe two really valuable stuff. Um, like, you, I mean, you can consume this in probably half an hour. It's quick. So we're starting to, to see like a strategy here and it's a strategy that you have uh, you have a new course about and we'll talk about that in a bit and we'll link to that also in the show notes where you create a piece of content, an inquiry magnet about something that benefits the type of parent you want to attract and they can, they can consume quickly and you, can, you give it to them in exchange for an email address. Yeah. As soon as they put in their email address... Um, they go to, to another page, which is like the thank you page, right? The page they see after. Is that, what do you do? What's the role of that page, if anything? Because a lot of schools I see that do this, they just leave that page blank. Do you use that page for anything? Uh, I have some uh, tips and tricks up my sleeve, but uh, in terms of what we do there, because what I teach is a multi-step process, but the the one thing I would recommend schools do, even at the very least, is that... Um, this is kind of the pet peeve too, and then I'll answer your question, Andrew, which is I don't like social media mashup pages on websites, or I don't like schools that lead with social media because if I'm a, an anonymous visitor to your site and I see your social media channels, I can leak off your site without converting, meaning I can click on Facebook, go to Facebook, your Facebook page, and then they're gone. And I'm never going to get their email address. I might never get them back. So I think that thank you page is a great spot that once I have your email and I know who you are, now I can put my social media front and center. I already know who you are. Go to social media. Now I can kind of, you know, pull back the curtain. It is, is your view book, are those, does that really happen on campus? You know, that's kind of the, the Wizard of Oz, pull the curtain back and take a look. So that's what I think is a great thing to put on on that thank you page. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and we we don't want to to share. We don't want to spill the beans on the course. There's like a lot more valuable stuff in the course. I was just looking at yeah. at the kind of at, at, at the con contents, and I was saying yeah, 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 and I was like just nodding as I was reading down the 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 modules in in your course. Um, so. Okay, so you have this set up, you have your inquiry magnet ready. Uh, how do people get there? I mean, what do you do? And I know this is a very broad topic, but yeah. uh, your two cents on, you know, in 2019, how do you send traffic to your inquiry magnet without spilling too, too because I know you talk about Facebook and stuff in your course without, you know, diverging yeah. too much, but how do, you, how do you get traffic there? Yeah, no, that's fine. This is... Um... We're, we're using all means necessary to get traffic there. So uh, we've done things. Now, we don't – I don't talk about this in the course, and I'll, I'll tell you why. But we've done things like use traditional media to promote the guide, meaning we've actually taken – so we did this with our 27 questions. We promoted that guide in, in a print advertisement um, with the vanity URL and – you know, we got people to con so rather than using like a brand awareness ad, yeah. Hey, here's my school. Here's my tagline. It's hey, here's something that's helpful for you. 
and we got people to do that and convert. It just, I thought that there were better, more cost-effective ways to do that. Um, so that's kind of one traditional way. Uh, the other two probably more common nowadays are the, um, we're pushing it out on all of our social channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important when I talk about that to say, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. He writes a great book called um, Jab, 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 Right Hook. Uh, yeah. He's a boxing aficionado. And um, his, like the, the idea is, so jab, 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 right hook is give, 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 sell. And I and for school, it's not like, you know, give, 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 sell a T-shirt. It's, it's give, 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 download my inquiry magnet. So, um, you know, I think schools miss that a lot. Like you're pumping stuff out on these channels. Um, make sure to ask, hey, you know, here's a guide to download. Um, so that's, you know, whether that's Facebook or Twitter or whatever channels you've developed. And then the final one, of course, is paid. And we're spending money, a lot of money on Facebook. Um and it's, it's great. Like, so as a citizen, you might, you know, Facebook knows so much about us. So as a, as a citizen, it's a little scary, <laughs> but as a marketer, it's fantastic. And, you know, there are things like people that visit my webpage and then they might not be ready and I can then serve ads to them. Or, I mean, you know, all this stuff, Andrew, and then mm-hmm. there's custom audiences and, and the, the level of detail that you can target somebody is pretty awesome. Um, so we're doing a lot with Facebook. Yeah, I think uh, we 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 as well. I mean, we've and there's like this big ongoing debate, and I see it also in your Facebook group, which I'm going to link to in, in the show notes. Um, Google ads or Facebook ads? Yeah, um, and you know, a lot often again, that's that that answer again. It depends. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but uh, for us, it's mostly Facebook ads, and then when we have the budget, we also use Google as an extra layer. Google is more you know, the hot lead tip of the iceberg, the ones that are ready and already searching for your yeah. school brand or, yeah. you know, independent school near me. However, like Facebook, you can reach people who aren't really aware that they're, that they're need, they need to change or they would like, you know, it would benefit their child to change schools. So that's, I think, paid Facebook. And I think on your point on, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a bit scary how much Facebook knows about <laughs> us, but I think that's going to evolve as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I was listening to a podcast of uh, Jack Dorsey, who's now doing a podcast tour, the Twitter CEO. And he's talking about how he wants to change Twitter. And it's very similar to what uh, uh, Zuckerberg is talking, uh, saying when he talks about Facebook and privacy increasing. And so I think they're going to solve it eventually. I mean, they're going to find a solution that is to the benefit of both marketers and, and, you know, private citizens. Uh, So that's my view at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, depending on when someone's watching or listening to this, I don't know if they've seen the new um, Apple announcement that was yesterday. And uh, I mean, I don't know if you watch it, Andrew, but like a couple different times, I mean, Apple, I, and I think it's kind of a dig on those other companies, but every time there was privacy, they will not know. I mean, like standing ovation. So yeah. they're going to force themselves. Everybody's going to get there. But, um, you know, and again, as a marketer, I'm like, oh, you know, we have to use this stuff, but I, I get the privacy piece too. So they'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. They'll figure it out. I think, I mean, if they, if they figure it out uh, in a way that, you know, marketers are just forced to deliver higher quality content and, and getting back to the inquiry magnet, the inquiry magnet is basically, you're actually helping them out. Yeah. You're sincerely helping them with 27 
you know, you can, you can find a lot of clickbait blog posts, uh, like five things to do when you do X, but those don't really work anymore. When you see 27 things you know, and I've, I've seen your content, it's actually really helpful framing the questions that people need to ask in their search. So uh, Facebook is, and I think all these paid advertising platforms are going to be nudging marketers to provide more helpful content um, and that therefore increase the no like trust factor with their audience. Yeah, and our so the way we think about our inquiry magnets too, and how we develop them and uh, promote them to people is, you know, if if you're in uh, so you're in New York, you know, if if somebody in New York sees our ad and downloads, well, hopefully they're not seeing the ad, but maybe <laughs> they see it on social because uh, yeah. if if we do it right, it's just regional. But um, if they download one of the guides or the the checklist we've designed it to be helpful so that if they're looking for a school in New York, it's going to work. Um, But what we do is we do work in the soft sell. So like in our 27 questions, we're definitely going to ask a few questions that highlight our strengths um, softly. Uh, And then in the, you know, in the 13 uh, question guide or 13 things, they, they highlight a a couple of the programs or, or areas of our program that we're particularly proud of. Yeah. But again, I think that's nothing to be ashamed of because yeah. it goes back to selling. And I have a lot of conversations with school heads, which are still, it's changing, but still a bit ashamed of, of selling. Um, yeah. I think selling is a part of life and we sell to everyone, including kids. I'm always like this weekend, I've been trying to sell my kids into having a shower every night. Um, so... <laughs> Selling, I think, is good. It's, you know, you, your school stands for something and you yeah. have some programs you're proud of, which differentiate you, which yeah. you think are more important for the graduate of the 21st century. Obviously, you're going to sell those programs. That's that's a good thing. And then another school has a different point of view. They're going to sell their programs. And that's for the benefit of, of the whole, I think. Well, and I think what's going to happen, you know, after the economic crash of 8-9 and all of this turmoil um, is that I think back in the day, whether that was 20 years ago or, I don't know, 100 years ago, schools tried to be kind of all things to all people. And that just doesn't work uh, in most markets, <laughs> you know, so so and, and more schools and more. are. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, we still struggle with it here. I don't want to say this is easy, but the more you can um, differentiate and define who you best serve and then own that, I think the more successful you're going to be in the long run. Um, and and the the kind of the extreme of that is a guy that I, I know you follow too, Chris Ducker, who does, um, what's his line, attract the, you know, his idea is I want to attract the people that are to me and, and yeah, turn away the people that aren't because yeah. I'm not for yeah. everybody. And exactly. for a, I mean, that's a big idea for a school. And, you know, oh, my God, I'm going to turn people yeah. away. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, we all at the end of the, yeah. yeah. And it helps your attrition rates uh, at the end of the day. And it, it just helps everything. And that's a big debate. And it's a debate also about equity and about other things. Yeah. But, uh, you can reconcile equity with, uh, you know, differentiation and, you know, having a stand being being right for a certain type of family yeah. and not for everyone. I think that's, and that's how the world works today. I mean, we can't really go against that. Yeah. Um, so now we touched upon, you know, Facebook. Um, right now, when we 
get their email address, usually we um, then are going to send them a few emails and we use email automation, which I know you're very fond of. And yeah. So I'm, I, so I had a question in your Facebook group, what type of emails and kind of tell us a bit more, I mean, what type of emails would you send and at what frequency to people who have uh, downloaded your inquiry? Mark? Yeah, that's a um, couple different ways to jump in there. The first is we're trying to send emails or, or let me back up. Uh, and I don't want to go into the whole conversation, but I think that the enrollment funnel, the idea of a funnel is dead. Um, and, and I know we've talked about that before and, and I've written something called the enrollment rings and, um, you know, I think it's dead. The big piece of why it's dead is, um, well, there's a couple, but, uh, the rise of the stealth applicant or the ghost inquiry. And the concept there is that the first time you hear from a family is when they apply at your school. And a lot of people go, geez, that's awesome. Well, it is awesome, but I always think about, what about the families who didn't, you know, checked out your school, kicked the tires and then didn't apply. Um, the other thing that scares me there is that you don't have a voice there in any of that conversation, any of that research. Um, I mean, you do by what you put on the website, but you're not getting your primary core messages to them. So here's the segue into your question to answer. Those emails need to include your core messages. What differentiates you? What do you stand for? Um, but I also think they have to be helpful so that uh, another book I recommend all the time is um, Utility by Jay Baer. So the subtitle is, uh, I'm going to butcher it here, Why Smart Marketing is About Help and Not Hype. So the more helpful you can be to a family in their time of need as they're checking you out, um, the better it is. They know I like, can trust. It's the same thing. So in terms of the emails, get your core messages in, try to be helpful. So one of the things that we do is that if you just, let's say you come to our site and you inquire and you have not downloaded an inquiry magnet yet. If you just inquire, we're going to send you the 27 questions to help you research. And then the family's like, oh my God, here's great content and you're helping me research schools. So including yours, but others as well. Um, so we hope that that's good for families. And the other thing uh, that we've experimented with, there's no right answer for the number of emails. Mm. Um, the only thing I say is that your families will tell you what's the right number. If you start seeing a lot of unsubscribes, something's not working. So check it out. Yeah. And you can test. I mean, if you get yeah. a bit deeper into email automation, you could probably test a couple of different options and see which one works better in your market, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, uh, what was I going to say on that? So the testing, lead nurturing. Um, oh, the timing. So initially, we we like space these out. Now, again, for us, it's part of we kind of in tandem do these automated emails and then we have personal touches. So you've got to line that up so that you're not calling somebody on the day that an automated email goes and that just is not good. Uh, but we used to have it be really long. Like we'd space it out over 30 days. And, and what we saw and, and what we've done now is that we've compressed it. So the thought is, um, cause we're both parents, Andrew, you know, mm -hmm. we have no time. And 
you know, if, if I'm researching a school now, if I'm doing something now, I want to do it now. Yeah. So we feel like the family's hot. Let's get our content in. I mean, not every day, uh, yeah. maybe every few days. Um, maybe you'll go back to back with emails. You want to test that. But the point is we've compressed that down. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. I mean, I, we've seen that uh, as well. I mean, kind of having a, comp- a compressed uh, window where you send out a lot of content, maybe then you can have a second wave if for those who don't convert to the next step, yeah. you can have a second wave a few weeks later. Maybe you put them onto a different automation that goes out, you know, once or twice a month after the initial wave, just maybe they did some research and they, you know, they're, you know, they need some more time. But I think that that like burst of, of content in the first few days is important. I agree. Yeah. And how about, you know, you talked a little bit about the stealth applicant. I'm going to link to your, uh, your article on the enrollment links uh, rings. I think that's a very interesting one and how the, the traditional funnel is broken because of all the choice now now parents have yeah. and they can just research things on their phone in their living room they don't need to pick up the phone and 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 talk to your admissions office uh, but does that entail any enhancement to the standard email automation that you think uh, schools should start looking into even if it's a bit more advanced at this point in time yeah i think where you're going with this is is personalization or yeah. And, and we can talk a little bit about it. <clears throat> My here's here's where I pause because I see so many schools that aren't even doing automation yet, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's not. I don't mean that in any negative way or any fault of their own. They they they're a one person shop. Um, they don't have the expertise in house. They, they don't have the you know they just don't know where to start. But I so I think there are a lot of I think the majority of the schools need to be somewhere in there and just start it and start small. Um, for schools. So that's why the continuum becomes very big now because schools typically are slow to these games. <laughs> um, if, if I may interrupt, and I, I will agree with you 100%, and the only reason I'm asking this follow-up is to, to give those schools a peek into, you know, the fact that there's more stuff coming that they will need to do in the future. They don't probably need to do it yet. Yeah. But that might get them motivated in starting with the first step, which is the automation. That's why I'm asking. No, no, no. I agree. And and where I think if schools are already doing that, and there are schools that are doing automation, is, is personalization is coming and it's pretty slick. So there's two ways. Uh, one we've done for a while now, and we use HubSpot, um, and they have built in there. Uh, they call it, I think, smart personalization. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we do is in our lead nurturing emails, we will have basically the same. So think about two paths, the same email we send everybody, but the call to action, the little bit at the bottom changes, the text changes based on their um, membership in a list. And for us, that list is whether they visited campus yet or not. So if they haven't visited campus, meaning they're not on the list, they're going to see a call to action that says in some form or fashion, come visit campus. If they have visited campus, they're going to see another chunk of text that is not going to tell them to visit campus because they already have. It's going to tell them something else. Call for this. Do you know? So there's that personalization, which we've done. The one that's super exciting um, and really out there, and I've just started testing it myself on Schneider B, is website personalization. So when you come to the website, depending on so many different triggers, whether it's 
an email list or where you've come from or whatever, you're going to see different versions of, you're going to see different content on the, on the page. It's, it's insane. Different websites. Uh, (laughs) Essentially it's different websites for each person, depending on their background and the information you know about them. Yeah. I mean, you could do, let's say they've come back to your website. Um, You, you can set it up so they see something different. Let's say that they've come from, you know, this is a whole nother conversation, but a review site. Let's say they've come from a review site. They can see different content. You can highlight that review that this, that's what I gave you. I mean, it's, it's insane. And then it also, I think becomes overwhelming even for guys like you and me who are geeks and think about this all the time, but yeah, it's crazy. But it does work. I mean, the, the people who are into that a bit more, and we were talking before hitting record about Brandon Dunn, who has, yeah. who's, you know, working on this a lot. They can demonstrate and they even have like little calculators that show you that this works. If you, and it makes sense. If, if, if you see a message once you visit the website that is personalized to your current state of mind, there's a higher probability that you're going to click through and take the next action. I mean, it's only, normal and it doesn't really need a lot of proof so that's coming as yeah. you said yeah that's an additional layer of of automation in a sense that uh, schools at some point will need to be doing i think yeah it's quite it's quite advanced right now just maybe a few schools will start playing with it in the next year or two but it shows that we need to get going on the on the first level stuff so we can get there sooner or later Yeah. And then the really next level stuff that I'm starting to see, and I know you are as well, is, you know, they're basically surveys. But what it is, is that people self, uh, they self-identify with where they are. And I think that has a ton of potential for schools. Um, And I'm thinking about how we do that at our school. But um, the most common one I see right now is is Pat Flynn at at smartpassiveincome.com. If you go there, um, he's got a, a little slider that pops up and it's a form, a survey that you fill out. And then what he does is he takes that content and serves you different content depending on where you are. I mean, that's next yeah. level stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And it does come back to the concept of the inquiry magnet and the concept behind the inquiry magnet. So I think the inquiry magnet is, is where where people should start because what it is, it's saying it's it's accepting that there is going to be the stealth applicant. So people will not come and raise their hand right off the bat yeah. because they don't need to. They have virtual open houses now. <laughs> they have all this information at their fingertips. Why would they go directly to the car dealership? They won't. Uh, so there are going to be these stealth applicants. So you have to find ways in which you're helpful, not annoying, providing value, but identifying traits of these, these, this audience to make sure they're the right type of audience. And then there's also the concept of segmentation. So putting them into different buckets and serving them the content that they see as helpful, whether it's in an email or on your website. And that would get more people to identify and, and engage with you on social, on email, on the phone. Yeah. And, and the visual I talk about is that although I think the funnel's dead, the inquiry now. So basically what you just said, the inquiry now is at the almost at the bottom of that funnel, I think. Yeah. And then the inquiry magnet sits at the top mm. just so that I can get their email address and then give them those messages. So that's 
the way oh, I yeah. think about it. Yeah. And and what you're saying is that maybe a year or two from now, it might even be that even before we get their email address, the first touch is going to be a little box on a little option on the website, which says, you know, which says like, are you, um, mm know looking for uh, an arts program or an athletics program or yeah. and then serve different content that's the first touch and then you start uh start personalizing from there yeah and that's where i think uh, that's where it's gonna go and and um you know again this whole process and we've talked about this this whole process has changed not because of schools but because of what our parents are feeling mm. in the real world not that we're not, but you know, like yeah. this is marketing that's happening now and schools are typically slow to follow. Um, but we need to, to up our game so that we're consistent with what other brands are doing yeah. and other brands are doing this now. Now other brands are also doing like webinars and podcasts and Facebook lives, blogging, writing on a weekly basis. Do you feel that that's where we're going to go with schools in a few years? And if I if I rephrase the question, what do you think? Uh, you know, what type of marketing will a school need to be doing in three to five years? Um, yeah, that's such a good question. I think that again, as schools are slow to do this, um, again, schools are going to catch up. So I think they're going to be doing that. But what I hope schools learn from maybe being late is that it's not just about the amount of content you push out. Mm -hmm. um, like you just don't want to be dumping crap and crap. Like I've, I've, I've got the blog post out, check the box. I've got it out, check the box. It's being more strategic and thinking more, um, being smarter about it. So, you know, what's the, the line work smarter, not harder. Um, yeah. so let's get stuff out there. I mean, we're going through that process now with blog content is, you know, what can we put out there that's going to be more attractive? We've changed our philosophy over the last year a little bit, you know, so Constantly evolving. Um, the one thing that we still struggle with that that uh, I keep telling schools to do and we're trying to do is video, video, video. So you mentioned Facebook Live, Andrew, or, or so Facebook Lives or, or any type of video um, is taking over and, and we're slow to the game. Um, I've seen some schools do it well. It's just how much. So I don't know what you think about all that. I fully agree. I think. You know, I think being a late or, you know, I've read this post on being a first follower. Sometimes it's it's better yeah. than being the first because you can learn from others' mistakes. So, and I agree, one mistake uh, I see a lot of other brands doing is putting out too much content, which is not relevant or is just copying just one more post on, on something which everyone else has covered. Yeah. There's no point there. Um, rather than being more intentional about writing or or you know, creating content videos on stuff that that make you stand apart. I mm -hmm. think that's very important. I think schools will need to uh, develop these skills like uh, writing, uh, Facebook lives, uh, all these, like even podcasts. I think audio right now is, is very hot. Yeah. I think right now is the golden age of Facebook. Uh, and after that, we're going to see uh, more conversational platforms like, you know, Facebook, as it's going to evolve and, and Twitter as well as audio because audio, you have so much more time to consume and it's more personal. So I think even podcasting is going to be important. Um, but I, I fully agree with you. You don't need to do everything to check the box. You need to, uh, you know, see what others are doing, uh, 
look at their mistakes and then be intentional about what differentiates your school brand and talk about that and take a stand yeah. on that. Yeah. And, and for, for me, um, you know, so my role at school is, is director of advancement now. So I think yeah. of all these external functions and the thing I would love to see us do is start to apply these techniques. So, so, and on my podcast, I interviewed someone who's doing an alumni podcast. Yeah. yeah and it was that. awesome. I'm like, I need to steal that idea. That's a great idea. Um, and then the following week I did, uh, an admission podcast. So people are doing it. It's there. Um, but you know, how can we take, and I go back to this idea, which says that, uh, brands, including schools now need to think of themselves as media companies. Yes. You know, you're, which is what we're talking about. That's another Vanderchuk quote, right? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it, I can't remember the quote. I'll exactly, I'll link it uh, in the in the show notes. But I think it's like every person is a media company. Yeah. And I think now every school is a media company as well. Yeah. So how can you, like, again, I'd let, you know, we're talking about uh, attracting prospective families and, and that podcast, but I want people to think, Again, like I would love to do an alumni podcast or do you, or is it, is it alumni Facebook live? Yeah. So you're yeah. just going to do the video, uh, interaction. Um, yeah. so there are a lot of, a lot of great possibilities. Sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. But I think the core message is, uh, you need to think of attracting the right type of parent and providing helpful content in exchange for, you know, information yeah. to start creating that relationship because, Otherwise, you're going to lose a relationship because they're going to become stealth applicants. And I think that's where the inquiry magnet is a great first strategy to do that. You have a very helpful step-by-step course out, uh, which is closed right now, but hopefully yeah. we'll reopen, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, oh, reopen soon. Okay. So I link to that. You have a, a landing page where people can go and like leave their information if they want to be notified when, when it reopens, I guess. I do, and you know, I'm not prepared, so I'll give no, you the link. No, but we link to that. We link yeah, to that in the, in the notes <laughs> below. Don't, don't worry about that. That's great. Um, so, so yeah, I really recommend that you know you take this first step into the world of the stealth applicant, basically, and into all these things we've been discussing uh, about personalization and kind of reaching out to parents before you really know who they are. Um, just last last thing I link to. Uh, I was reading this great article. It was actually a study performed by Google based on Google searches on how a person researches buying a car nowadays. And it's a big a big ticket purchase. Yeah. Not very similar to independent school, but you can see the similarities. Yeah. Um, and it seems that a person would go through 900 interactions, searches and stuff, uh, website visits, before they ever talk to someone at the dealership. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we're going with schools as well. It's it's funny you bring that up because I just um, <clears throat> late fall early winter I just had, I bought a new car and wow. I think about how was that experience how was your search I was online it was ridiculous <laughs> I was ridiculous I you know I, I can't tell you the number of videos I watched on YouTube reviews uh, stuff that I read consumer reports I mean it's it's funny you bring that up because I did a ton of research um, do do you feel that that's you know Good or bad, is that where school choice is, is taking us? Oh, wow. That's the million-dollar question. <laughs> um, I, I think it's 
I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just reality. Yeah, no, I would say like whether good or bad, do you think that's where it's it's taking us? That's yeah, I, where school, I do. I think schools yeah. need to. So here's the example. I I just went through this long process to and actually the car that I wanted to get is the car I got. But I researched all this stuff just to confirm that choice. Um, and, you know, making this it's just a car. I, I like cars, but it's just a car making a selection for my child. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the most Ten important thing. Yeah, of course I'm going to do that. Why would I not use that same? I've just trained myself. So why would I not use that same experience to research schools? So it's going to happen. And it's already happened. Exactly. Uh, uh, Brendan, any parting thoughts for the audience um, about school marketing in general, about anything you want to share? No, I just, this has been great. You and I could talk forever about this stuff. I, I appreciate the opportunity and um, uh, thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to School Growth Mastery, brought to you by Enrollhand. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe to our show and share this episode with your fellow educators. You can support us by leaving us a positive review on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. That way more school leaders like you will find us. If you want to learn more about school growth, visit our website at enrollhand.com and please do check out the links in the show notes of this episode. Until next time, goodbye for now.